podcast hour today's podcast is brought to you by our sponsor yes pallets yes pallets is the pallet removal waste removal and recycling removal company that places risk mitigation OSHA compliance and customer obsessed service first they can upscale at a moment's notice and remove barriers to provide you with a safe and clean work environment today's podcast with coach tom bex is going to be full of great stories It's a reflection on life, faith, discipline, and the importance of God's intervention and grace. Listeners, when I say you're going to enjoy this podcast, I'm telling you something that will help you, not hurt you. And as always, Coach Bex is filled with stories that will inspire you and make you take a strong look at what you stand for and what is important to you. This is a great podcast. Thank you once again for listening to the podcast and make sure you're following the podcast on social media. You can follow the Chris Williams Podcast Hour on both IG and Twitter at the Chris Will Pod and on Facebook. It is simply the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. As I said before, and I'll say it again, all of our podcasts are good. So enjoy the content you are familiar with and try the unknown. You will learn something from it, and more importantly, you'll get hooked. Enjoy the podcast and see why a leap of faith has allowed Coach Bex to give back so much to a St. Edward community, but he still isn't running on empty. This is the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. podcast hour and today I have one of my favorite former coaches he is a man of principles faith and a man I call friend for over 34 years he has served St. Edward High School and the St. Edward community as a teacher a coach and a leader he is a religious scholar a man of morals he is fun entertaining and a man of extreme discipline you're gonna love his story and more importantly you will love and understand what he stands for. Please help me welcome to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour, the Dean of Men, a father, a coach, and now a, pr- a proud grandpa, Coach Tom Bex. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Chris. Thanks a, little, thanks, thanks a lot. Uh, I appreciate you calling and uh, uh, just excited to be here today. All right. Uh, again, thank you for taking the time to come on the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. And as everyone will soon find out, you're a great storyteller, and I know you have some great stories to share. So I look forward to that. But, Coach, as I tell all my guests, the podcast does not work unless you're willing to share your stories and shamelessly plug yourself. So please feel <laughs> free to share. <laughs> well, I don't know. If, I don't know if there's that uh, many great stories, but uh, it's just all part of life. I think all part of life. Okay. Okay. All right. So let, let's start this way, Coach. So, and, and we talked about this briefly, but 
the way I view you is a man of high principles, faith, and discipline. So describe your upbringing and how those traits were instilled in you. Um, you know something? It, it, a lot of it all goes back to my dad, I think. Um, uh, my dad was a great guy, great man. Um, and uh, I had the privilege of uh, actually working with him when I was uh, – he was a carpenter by trade. And so um, uh, I'll just give you one of my – maybe the best thing my dad ever told me. Uh, this is probably the thing that kind of – and I'm going to take this to the grave. Um, we were working in our um, garage, and he was doing a project. And one of the projects was that uh, he made stairs in, in the garage. The stairs were one of the things that people put in the house last. So he was making stairs in our garage, and obviously stairs are big, so you need a couple of people. So I would work with him during my uh, grade school years and during my high school years. So one time, it got us, obviously when you're working on projects, you got opportunities to talk. And so I was about 17 years old. Um, and, uh, great story. We're talking and then, uh, all of a sudden the topic came to love and I was, you know, I was in love with some girl at the time. And so <laughs> I started pontificating to my father about love and, um, my father who, and you need to understand when my father was working, that's all, you know, he would talk, but he, he was really focused on the work and he would never stop. But anyway, I'm pontificating about love, and all of a sudden my father stops, and he put down the tool that uh, he had, and then he looked at me and uh, kind of tilted his head and gave me a look like, uh, the only way I can describe it, I raised an idiot son, you know, one of those looks. Oh, and, uh, no. He turns to me and he said, he, and he said these four words, and it's the best thing my dad ever told me. He said, love, love is sacrifice. And then that's all he said. Um, and then he picked up his, his tool and started working again. And that was like the end of the conversation. No, nothing about love after that happened, you know. Wow. Uh, but it was, yeah, he said, love, love is sacrifice. Now, you got to understand, I'm talking to a, a, you know, a father of five at that point, right? And I'm 17, and he's, and he's whatever he was at that time. Um, and I, I've taken that with me, and I, I, I've told that story a number of times in class, out of class. Uh, and I, actually, I just did it for my son's wedding. I, I told that story at my son's wedding. I told it at, at his funeral. Um, so it's just uh, something I just remember for, for life. And so that I, you know, I was raised. I, I was very a great privilege uh, of being raised uh, by a dad who understood what love was, and was willing to sacrifice everything about him. You know, uh, it's one of those things. My dad was interesting. I was telling somebody my dad was a great golfer. Uh, he had placed second in a tournament, and like shot a 72 um, uh, in a tournament in the area. In the you know, at, I think at Elyria Country Club is where it took place. And um, interestingly enough, I never saw my dad um, golf. By the time uh, I was born, I was the fourth one. He had stopped golfing and really was just trying to, you know, put food on the table. You know what I'm, I mean? He was working all the time, trying to put food on the table, making sure his family was taken care of. And, um, you know, I didn't find out until later how good he was. And he was a good athlete, too. I was at a, uh, we were at a church picnic the one time and um, they were playing softball and I was a little kid at the time. I was probably about, I don't know, maybe 10 years old. And my dad was playing third base uh, in the softball thing. And all of a sudden for the first time I saw my dad as an athlete and he was good. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And he's, you know, and I was like, Oh, whoa, you know, and it looks like it skipped a generation, but I was pretty proud of him when I saw him. So, <laughs> oh, anyway. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was, it was, it was, it's funny because he was, he, he, he was, he was just, you know, I'm, 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 I'm privileged to be the son of Arthur, Arthur Bex. That's basically okay. what I could say. My, my mom, same thing. You know, it was the same thing. You know, she had five kids in, I don't know, six years or something like that. You know, it was just, just a lot of, lot of, lot of love, a lot of big family stuff. So, privileged stuff. Okay. Now, what was it like growing up with? 
five, what is it, brothers and sisters? Yeah, I was, I, I was, you know, something here's the funny thing was uh, there, there was, I had great blessings and some curses in regard to this. Um, I was the uh, fourth of five. And so there were three girls and then me. And so my dad was waiting for me. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the first son, you know, the name, the air, you know, the, the name will pass on now. Right. And so, um, and so that was the blessing. I was the first son. Um, the curse is that everything my dad did, as I said, I did projects with him when I was growing up from the time I was in grade school all the way till uh, through high school. I was working with him on construction stuff. I was kind of his free labor, um, and that, that was the curse. Uh, and so, but I also understood the, you know, he, he, he gave me the understanding of hard work. We would work, and I don't know how he did it, um, because, you know, you, you worked in the, in the warmth of a 90-degree day, and you worked in the sub-freezing temperature. You worked in the rain and all those kinds of things, so the rain and the cold. Um, doing the construction work that we did at different times. Okay. Okay. All right. And then sports ended up becoming a big part of your life. So how did you get involved in sports and, and how did that play a part in shaping your life? Okay. Well, it's interesting because um, again, the story goes that um, uh, I got raised uh, in Lakewood, Ohio. Okay. And there was a, uh, Winterhurst Ice Rink uh, was there, and they had a uh, ice skating club called CYO, and um, it was kind of affiliated with St. Clements at the time, which is the Catholic Church in Lakewood, uh, which was fairly near to the ice rink, and so they got me, my dad got me on skates when I was, you know, four or five years old, and then I, wow. I kind of speed, yeah, and I, I was a speed skater for all the way up through my junior year in high school. Um, and I have, you know, real fond memories of the same thing of my dad taking the family because we all speed skated except my one sister. Um, uh, she was into art a lot more. And so, uh, and she wasn't necessarily the most athletic of all of us. Um, and so basically he would take us uh, to all these different ice, ice rinks. Now this is after working, you know, hard for eight hours come back home, grab something to eat, get us all in the car, and then take us to one of the ice rinks in the area. And um, that's really how I got involved in, in the first athletics that I was involved in. And so, um, and I had some good success with that. I had, I had won national championship races. Uh, never was a national champion, but I had won national championship races. Yeah, there, there's usually three or four races, and the, the best person – out of the three or four races becomes the national champion. And I was, and I never was a national championship. I think, I think I placed second, uh, but I do have uh, national championship events that I won like a 400 okay. meter event or something like that. I, I did, I did have some success in that. <laughs> All right. I have to ask you this because one of the best things I ever heard, we were talking about somebody running the 400 meters one time and they get to about, 225 and I think you called it calcification sets in where their legs start getting heavy and you yep. know things start shut down so as a speed skater going 400 and as a yep. uh, track guy going 400 what's the difference okay so the, the, the biggest difference the, the biggest difference is um, that it your 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 energy systems kick in at different times so if you're a speed skater, that energy system that usually hits you in a 400 on that back stretch when you're trying to when you're trying to finish, um, mm-hmm. th- uh, that happens at that point. But for a speed skater, that doesn't happen until it's 800 meters, let's say, which is because you're going almost I don't want to say twice as fast, but an 800 meter race you would get that same kind of a fatigue. And you'll see that uh, anywhere from a 400 or 500 meters to, um, you know, like in a, in a speed skating event, if you see the Olympics, when they do the, the people going in, in circles paired, 
Um, yeah. But I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't much into the pair skating. I was more. I, I enjoyed the indoor skating a lot, a okay. lot more than I did the outdoor skating, uh, okay. which is that kind of tack style stuff where you, they, everybody's on the line and they bang the gun and everybody takes off and you kind of run mm-hmm. into each other at different times, uh, bump into <laughs> each other. I, I, I enjoyed that a lot more than than the uh, other stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. But it was, right. so, how did you you do get these? You do get the same effect. I mean, if you if you go hard, and all of a sudden towards the end of a, like an 800 meter race, your your legs feel like rubber or, or concrete, to tell you the truth. You know, you know, and you're just trying to hold on. <laughs> all right, I love that. I love that. So, how did you get involved in football? Playing football. Okay, that football was an easy thing. That that was a grade school thing. My dad, my dad loved football. Um, great, some great stories. Uh, we lived in a double in Lakewood, Ohio. Okay, and we were on the bottom floor, and we owned the house. And then we had renters upstairs, and the renters upstairs were from Wisconsin. And so, uh, and this is when Green Bay was good, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, my dad. Uh, and the gentleman from upstairs, they wouldn't watch the game together. They would um, watch the game if the Green Bay was playing the Browns. They would watch the games, one downstairs, one upstairs, and while the game was going on, if Green Bay did something good, the guy upstairs would stomp on the floor. And then my dad, my dad would take a broom, okay, and hit the ceiling, okay, uh, when the Browns did something good. And so uh, it was, it, we had the Browns on all the time. And so uh, actually uh, I kind of, I for the most part, I was only a, a little kid when the Browns won the, the national championship in 64. And for the most part, I had memorized the, um, all the names of the, all the players. And, you know, when, when you got those little army soldiers when you were a kid, you know, yes. um, I got those army soldiers. I didn't. I didn't have army fights. I I I had football games with them. So I was I was kind of a football football nut from you know there. And then I started playing in grade school when the time came. Uh, and then uh, I was actually uh, I was raised in Lakewood, but we moved to Middleburg Heights, um, and um, and so. When time was to decide for a high school, um, I, I ended up uh, choosing St. Ed's because that's really where, when I was growing up, that's what we were close to in Lakewood. Um, but I moved to Middleburg Heights, and actually almost nobody from my, my eighth grade school went there. I think there was only out of maybe about 30 kids, 30 boys, probably two of us, and then eventually a third came. Um, but that, that was the that was our... Uh, group that came out of uh, uh, St. Bart's in, in Middleburg Heights. But I played football in the seventh, seventh and eighth grade there, had a great experience, and uh, then started playing for St. Ed's. Okay. All right. Now, aside from your, your parents, who were some of the other people that influenced you the most as a youngster? Uh, you know, the biggest person you've probably had on already, which was Coach Flaherty. Um, Dan Flaherty was a huge influence on me, he was my uh, position coach. Okay, and then um, mm-hmm. uh, then he became. But that was my junior year, and then uh, in high school, and then uh, he became the head coach my my senior year, and then uh, and so that was, you know, he he had a huge influence on on me, and it, and the influence didn't necessarily happen when I was in high school. It actually happened afterward. Um, the uh you know this is this is god's providence at work sometimes um i had uh i was working for the diocese of cleveland i kind of had a, a conversion experience the best way to explain it the conversion experience of kind of knowing christ and then um uh started working for the diocese of cleveland doing retreat work but i was also coaching a football team and this was only a couple of years out of high school I was coaching my same grade school football team, and uh, our team had won the city championship, and Coach Flaherty was kind of recruiting and all those kinds of things uh, that you do out of, when you're a coach at a Catholic school and you're going to all the CYO games. And so he saw me 
coach, uh, coach in there and he said, well, why don't you come back and coach with us? And why don't you go back and get a degree um, in theology? Because uh, he knew I was doing retreat work. And he goes, get a degree, degree in theology because we, we can always use um, uh, theology teachers. And so, uh, I, you know, I went back to John Carroll, got my degree in religious uh, education, and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, came back to St. Ed's. So I was actually, I, I graduated in 77 from St. Ed's. I ended up um, coaching by 80. So only a couple, you know, two, three years out of high school, I was coaching back at the school. He wanted me to coach there. And then he said, you know, come back. And when you get your degree, uh, we'll, we'll find to see if we have an opening for you in theology. And it just worked out at an opening. And so I was able to come in in 85, 1985, after I had gotten my degree. Oh. Yeah. Wow, that's and a great the, story. That, I did not know that. Yeah, it's been there ever since. I, you know, my, my life is is – entwined uh, with the uh, care of Dan Flaherty. You know, he, uh, he was a, he was a mentor as a, as a, as a coach. He was a mentor as, uh, in a, just a lot of ways. And, um, you know, if, if he hadn't seen me and, and asked me to go back, I'd, I don't know where I'd be. You know, it's one of those things. Um, God's providence and uh, the kindness of, of a man. Okay. All right. So knowing what you know now, how important are sports in the development of young people and also relationships? Well, I think, I think the, the value of sports, um, I'm, I've never been one, you know, I'm at a, I'm at St. Ed's. And so, um, you know, winning is important. You know, we, 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 we judge ourselves in a lot of ways by the record at the end of the season and how far you went. Um, I never, I never saw it that way. I still don't see it that way. Um, uh, I think the, the value of what you're doing, I also got this from Dan. Um, the value of what you're doing is what you're, what you're giving to the group that you're, you're, you know, you're coaching. And so, um, at least from my perspective, um, it's, sports is, is, is so valuable because it, it, it teaches you so many character things, you know, you just can't explain um, the hard work, uh, the camaraderie, uh, the brotherhood that has to take place for, for you to be successful. Um, just all these different components that, that kind of make, and, and I love football because of that, um, because football is, is such a team sport um, in, in such, so many ways where if you're an offensive lineman, there's good, your name may never be mentioned, right? Right, mm-hmm. and you had the experience, right? You when we when we had our success when you were a senior senior. I mean, how many times did your your name was in the paper versus our offensive lineman, right? Right. And so right. It, it it but that's the thing. If you're an offensive lineman, and that's what I I, lo- I love about guys like that is that this is this is this is my job, you know, do your job, right? And you do it and you do it with pride and and so on and and. You know, the, those, those are invaluable lessons because they'll, they'll take you through life, you know. They'll take you mm-hmm. through life. Okay. All right. All right. Sticking to your athletic career. So yeah. dis- I want you to describe your athletic career. And, and if we were going to write a book or make a movie, what would be the premise of your athletic story? Uh, I, I actually, I, I peaked around uh, third grade. <laughs> <laughs> I say that I say that in all honesty because I I did I I I have to clarify. I, what's how old are you in third grade? Maybe uh, ten years old? Maybe ten? Maybe it was maybe it was fifth grade. I don't even know. But I won a North American championship in uh, third grade. Third, I think it was third. Uh, something like that, and we had, we had gone up to Canada, and uh, and and played in or uh, had a meet up in Canada, and I was and I I was six, and I was too young to know what I was doing, you know that you're, you know, I was wow. just too young to realize that that you know this was a North American championship or something. So I I, I laugh at it now as I couldn't even I couldn't can't even fathom 
that you, you, you had won something, you know, in, in a North American show. Not the United States, but North American. North so American. it was kind of funny. Um, so I, like I said, I think I peaked that. Uh, after that, it was kind of more downhill. Uh, I, I laugh at it, but I played uh, football in, um, in high school um, and then had good uh, – I was on a, a team that was, when I was a junior, that went to the state finals. That's the, the bitter one that we lost, 14-12 to 12 against Cincinnati Moeller, um, and we were on like the five-yard line, okay, with a, a little bit little time to go, and uh, we had fumbled the ball and uh, could have hit a, a field goal to win it. Uh, but I was on that team, and I played on special teams, and I was a backup as a slot back. Um, and we had two good seniors in front of me There's, that, was, that were real good. And then um, my senior year, um, a lot of strange things. Uh, our quarterback got hurt. Uh, they even tried me out as a quarterback, and I had never played quarterback before. And that was just, you know, a couple of practices of, of doing that and trying to figure out where, how we were going to go. Um, so I was at slot back, and then I was, at, uh, uh, you know, tried out for, for the quarterback thing because that was a, a big thing. Um, and then during the season, uh, I went from they, – they were – our defense was good, but we had some um, – uh, the uh, best way to explain it was um, that they wanted me uh, being on the defense a, a little bit. They thought I could play because my first two years I was a defensive back. And so they put me as a backup slot then and then as a DB. And then I played uh, during that uh, year mostly as a DB. But my, my fondest memory as a player was that mm -hmm. the starting slot back uh, got hurt uh, right before the game, uh, like a day before the game, and then I had to play the, the whole game against St. Joe's. Um, and I was, only, I was only off the field for one play. They took me off the field on a kickoff um, because they thought I would be tired. But I, I'm telling you, that was, the, that was the, you know, so fun as a high school player that you were on the field for a whole game, uh, you know, other than the one play. And we were, we, played, we were really good. Defensively, we were outstanding. We had six shutouts out of ten games. Uh, we made it to the uh, semifinals that year and got thumped in the semifinals by a team uh, called Gahana Lincoln. They were really good. They had a, a tremendous tailback. Um, and uh, But that, the, that's basically my athletic career. I started uh, going to college. Uh, was at John Carroll. I went down to Dayton um, um, and wasn't planning on playing from that point on. I w wasn't planning on playing, but then I transferred to John Carroll, started playing at John Carroll a little bit, and then separated my shoulder. And, I, and then it, it was that was right around the time the coaching bug kind of caught me. And, okay. um, and and then I was I was basically uh, that was the end of uh, playing uh, football after that. Okay. All right. That's a great story. So mm -hmm. education and sports coaching, obviously, yep. are pretty are pretty important to you. So explain why they are so important. Well, I think the the, the biggest thing when I when I um, started teaching, okay, and I as I said, I was doing retreat work for the diocese of Cleveland, and so I thought, um, and that my relationship with Christ. And that experience um, uh, kind of drew me to the idea of, you know, being, you know, evangelization and mission uh, and going out and, and, and kind of proclaiming the good news to other people. And so, um, and I always thought that the young people were the most receptive um, in that regard. Um, and just, it, it just worked out that the, I, I wanted to go back and teach. Um, now we're, we're kind of we're kind of locked into obviously what the diocese wants us to teach or whatever. But uh, I always thought it very valuable um, that uh, I can get in front of young people and talk about life experience, but also talk about the the impact that uh, Christ has had in my life, um, and, and and you know divine providence and all those kinds of things that uh, um, I hold dear. Okay. 
right. And, and and just to touch on it, so talk a little bit about the impact that Christ has had on your life and how it's helped you to, you know, take care of your family. Yeah. Um, you know something, there's, there's uh, the, you know, you, you hear the idea of you're lost and then you're found kind of a thing. You know, I was lost and I was found, you know, that the amazing grace story, whatever. Um, I don't want to say I, I, I felt like I was, I was terribly lost. You know, I'm, I, I'm, you know, you hear these stories about, you know, that, you know, somebody's on a, on a bad path and I'm, you know, and all those kinds of things. Um, it, it wasn't like that in, 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 in my life. I mean, there were some downtimes and, and I had, and I came to him in a downtime. I, I was, I was struggling in school a little bit. I, I, I originally went to, uh, um, I was at John Carroll, and um, and I was studying business at that time, and I I, I just didn't like it. Um, had kind of broken up with a high school sweetheart and all those kinds of things, and then in the, in that in those that was probably lowest time of my life or whatever, and trying to figure out what uh, you know direction to take and all those kinds of things. And the 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 thing that kind of uh, caught me was the fact that uh, I had gone over to some people's houses uh, who I know were uh, faithful people within our parish and um, they they had a retreat ministry and um, you know I went on retreat with, with them or whatever and just kind of had that, that Christ experience of him coming into my life asking that uh, you come into my life um, and I I look back now he was always there Okay, I just wasn't aware of it at that time. And so, um, but asking him to come in my life, take control of it, and, and direct my life um, as he saw fit. And uh, the good news is he's been, he's been faithful uh, a whole lot more than I've been faithful. And uh, I thank right. God for, for, uh, <laughs> for him in, in so many ways, so many ways, mm-hmm. so many things that you can look back on and say, you know something, if I had turned left and not turned right, uh, so many experiences that, that I, I say, geez, oh, man, you, 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 you took me out of God knows where it, it could have been. Um, right. You know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you a funny story. I was driving home from John Carroll one time. And uh, there was a snow, there was a blizzard, okay? And um, I'm driving from John Carroll to Lakewood. And so I'm going to go on the shoreway in Cleveland, okay? And there's a storm coming off, a snowstorm coming off the lake. And right as I'm about to get on the shoreway, I just get the sensation of don't, and I never did this. I never did this, Chris. It's crazy. I just get this, this feeling like don't take the shoreway. And this is, I didn't hear anything on the radio or whatever. I just get this sense of don't take the shore. So I don't take the shore. I go down, I think it's St. Clair, down through downtown Cleveland. And sure enough, I, I get home that night, and there's a, like a 26-car pileup on the shoreway, right when I would have been on it. And I'm like, geez, oh, man. You know, you, you get these things, and you say to yourself, like, like I said, there's so many things that you – you know the providence in the hand of God sometimes, and you and you wonder, you, you wonder, um, you know that that He's looking out for you in ways. And that's not to say He's not looking out for the 26th of God in the accident. It's just that right. at that moment in time, maybe maybe He gave me grace. You know, maybe right. He gave me a, a bit of grace, and uh, and and you appreciate it for everything He's done. Love it, love it. All right, all right. I'm going to give you a tough question. It's going to re- sure. require you to dig deep and brag on yourself. So in yeah. your own words, I-, I want you to describe the impact that you've had on the lives of the young students and the, the young men that you've actually taught and, and just interacted with. Um, the easiest way is to give you a story. Um, the um, – the, there's two that well, at least one that comes to mind. Um, this year, I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, teaching, and you don't know your impact on people, right? You don't know your impact. Um, and uh, one of our uh, ladies at St. Ed's who works up in the advancement office, they had guys, you know, calling uh, alumni and stuff like that. Our our students calling alumni, and um, 
she she started asking them about favorite teachers and why they were the favorite teachers and and she was kind of recording that and and writing it down and um it was interesting that one of the students you know said my name and said you know uh for whatever reason he's made you know god come alive uh, to me in a way that he hasn't been be before and um and, and that was very impactful um, because he's a, he's an athlete and uh, he's he's an athlete that uh, I've had a chance to uh, coach a little bit. He's he's not my position athlete, but um, mm -hmm. you know he goes to FCA uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, at our school, uh, which I'm part of. Uh, and no, that was another thing. I started FCA, which I thought was and you know probably 20 years ago, and that's been at St. Ed's for for now 20 years, uh, which I think wow. is 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 great. Um, uh, when I became the Dean of Students, I, I stepped back from that role, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but and Sean Kinley, uh, who's our art teacher and wrestling coach, took that, that role over, um, and now I'm back because I'm, I'm not the Dean of Students anymore. I'm back in the classroom teaching, and so that's, uh, you know, that, that was very impactful for me to hear that from a, from a student, uh, that I kind of had an impact on him uh, and, you know, made his relationship with God, you know, come alive a little bit. Nice. Nice. All right. So, and Coach, I have some fond memories of you as a coach. So, and, oh, and you, and you probably don't know this, but I have a real strong admiration for you for how calming you can be. And, and the thing that sticks out for me is, um, before two games, there were, I don't know what was going on in pregame, but we played at North Canton Hoover my um, senior year. And yep. I just remember, you know, you, you and I would go out early. We'd, we'd catch kickoffs. We'd catch punts. But yep. they had a coach that literally stepped up to me and just started talking junk. And I just remember uh -huh. I, I wanted to snap, but I remember you just walking up, putting your hand on my shoulder, and you said something crazy, and it just had me laughing, and I kind of, like, jogged off. But I remember hearing you screaming at this guy when I was walking away, you don't talk to high school athletes like that. And that I, I, I just stuck, stood out for me. But the second time, and it, this one was probably, like, people don't realize how intense it was when we played in the state championship game. Yep. And the pregame, pre we went out in pregame, and it was so eerily quiet. I mean, mm -hmm. it was it was freaky, but I, I just remember, and I was I probably could have peed on myself, literally. <laughs> but I remember I, I went to catch the first punt or something, and kind of muffed it or something. But I was jogging back, and I, I don't know. And there's you standing in the middle of the field, and you're like, "Hey, Chris, you got a funny way to run." I was just like, "What?" And you just start doing this thing with your hands, and like lost it i couldn't i like i couldn't focus anymore during pregame because i'm just laughing at you but that calmed me for the rest of the game and for some reason when i get even to this day when i played at nc state i would get nervous we'd go to clemson or something in front of eighty thousand yeah. people and i would i would remember you talking to me before that game and i would just start laughing in my head people probably thought i was crazy i smile all the time but that's one of those things that i always go back to I always mm -hmm. go back to that. So I, I appreciate you for always being a, a, a calming figure in my life. Like literally, you know, even when I was coaching at St. Ed's, I, I, there was sometimes I didn't know what I was doing. But you mm -hmm. would always step up and you would always call me. So I appreciate you for that. And then the final thing, yeah. I'll, I'll just leave this, you know, just telling stories about me and your relationship. But you were the first person I called when I was getting re ready to propose to get married. Oh, and I called I didn't you. Know that. Yes, yes. And, and because I remember I opened it with a coach and I'm thinking about getting married. She's not Catholic. I'm Catholic. We're talking about, you know, and you just yeah. laid it out for me. Hey, this is, you know, it's like, and, and then, you know, you said something smart at the end and we laughed. But those are the things that I remember. That's what I remember about Coach Bex. So those are my memories of you. And I, like I said, I have a strong admiration for you, your faith, your discipline, and how calming you were to me personally. So thank you. So, oh, man, no so. problem. It's, it's one of those things that I, I just remember that um, um, 
you know, when you're, when you're stressed, okay, I don't, I don't think you do well. You know, your brain, your brain, your, your heart rate, all those kinds of things. There's, there's energy, okay, that sometimes happens, but uh, stress isn't, isn't a good thing. You know, uh, anything under stress, anything under the, the passions, okay, uh, we talk about in class, you know, your intellect and your will should, should be coming before your passions, right? Passions are your desires, your wants, your emotions, all those kinds of things. And I, I always thought that if, you're, if that's driving you at any moment in time, that's probably not a good thing. Um, and so what you'd want to do is you kind of want to have uh, relax, okay? And when you're relaxed, I think you, you just, there's, there's a sense of calmness and peace that you, you wouldn't have. And you think clearly and, 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 and even your body is better ready to perform, you know? If you've ever had to do it, uh, you know, people are always afraid of um, public speaking. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and, and so, and, 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 you know, they get this nervous energy and they feel stressed and, and whatever. Um, and I, I just try and basically when I, when I get in those situations, tell, tell a story. You know what I mean? Fe- feel relaxed. Tell a story. Get yourself calm. You know, make yourself enjoy that moment. And when you can enjoy that moment, I think you'll play better. You know, I did that, that's always been a, uh, a thing uh, that I've believed in. Um, I, I don't think guys, guys play as well when, when they feel stressed. Nice. So, nice. I, you know, Chris, it's it. so funny. I don't remember any of that. Everything <laughs> that you said, I haven't a clue. I, I, who was the guy that you're talking about here? Because I don't, I don't remember it. I don't remember. Yeah, it. coach from North I don't Cameron remember Hoover yelling at a guy at, at North Canton Hoover. I really don't remember that. That's that's hilarious. There's probably a, a bunch cool. of those experiences. So <laughs> that's hilarious. Right. I didn't. I, I can't even remember that. Or oh, that's yeah. funny. I just I just remember you coming up and you, you just put your hand on my shoulder and kind of pointed me in the, another direction. And then I yeah. just hear you going at this guy, and I was like, wow, he's got my back. <laughs> I'm good yeah. to go. <laughs> so. Well, I was, it's interesting that you say that because, uh, you know, I've been, I've been happily married for uh, right now. It's, we're working on uh, 32 years. Um, and uh, one of the things was I, 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 I wasn't such, such a great guy as far as anger. I never, you know what I mean? When you, if you have anger issues. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, you know, maybe that came from, from being in sports or, you know, you would get angry in sports and all those kinds of things or whatever. Um, but you, you would take that uh, into, into marriage. And the funny thing was a uh, true story. And this is, this is the beauty of my wife. Um, we were only, we were only married for a very short time. And I, I didn't deal well with my, you know, like I said, I didn't deal well with my anger. And so what, when I got angry, um, when I got angry, um, uh, you know, you just feel this rage kind of a thing. And so uh, this was our first fight. And I couldn't remember what it was about, but we were living in an apartment. It was our f- first fight. And I, I, I was so angry that I, I ended up walking out the door, you know, and uh, and so I walk out the door, and I'm gone for, like, I don't know how long. And then I come back, um, and she was in tears. She was, she was in tears. Like, she didn't know if I had just walked you know, because I didn't say anything. I was just so angry I just walked out. She didn't know, like, did he just walk out on me, you know, type of a thing. Oh, wow, yes, yes. You know what I mean? Because you're so, you're so new in the marriage, you know what I mean? You don't know what, what did he – I've never seen him like that, that moment or whatever. And I vowed from that day, I, I vowed from that day I would never get in it. I would never get angry at my wife again in, in that way. You know what I mean? That, that yes. It's not that we don't disagree or whatever, but I would never get to that, that point. And uh, I've, 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 I really, <laughs> of all the vows I've done, that's probably the one I, I've, I've kept the most. We've really never gotten into, you know, any kind of a fight other than that, that, that first, first time. Uh, and I said, I would never do that to her again. Cause you know, I, I say to myself, um, I I've been truly blessed. I've, I'm married so far up above my, my level. And standards. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't that. want anybody to hear that. 
I don't want anybody to hear it. I've, I've married so far up above. And, and you know something? The beauty of my wife is that um, um, even, even when she does stuff that, you know, where you can get upset or something like that in, in a marriage, um, I, I, I can't do anything but assume love because that's the kind of person she is. If she did something, it was out of love. And then I can never, I, I can never be upset. Um, because everything she does, at least for me, has always been out of love. And uh, I've been, you know, if I, if I didn't say something about my wife here, I, I, you know, really, that, that's, you know, if you want to talk about the two things, it's Jesus Christ and my wife. Um, that's, 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 that's how I kind of look at it, that, that God has blessed me with those two people. So that's, that's <laughs> quite a blessing. Quite a blessing. Yeah. Be proud of that. That's yep. awesome. All right. But, Coach, I, I, you know, before we wrap this up, 34-plus yep. years as a teacher and coach at St. Ed's. So mm-hmm. describe, describe that journey a little bit. And what's the craziest story that you can actually tell on the podcast from, from those <laughs> days? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh Here's the thing. Uh, out of those, and we haven't gotten to this, out of those years that I've been at St. Ed's, um, uh, about half of those years were as the dean of students. And so I was dealing with the discipline stuff of being the dean all the time. Um, and, it's, and uh, uh, you know, you get these moments uh, that are as a dean, you know, you 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 kind of laugh at them or whatever. This is a, this was a kind of a clean one. We had two two twin brothers, okay, um, and it was during a rally. You're gonna laugh at this. It was during a rally, and it was against our arch rival Saint Ignatius, okay. And uh, during the rally, their mascot ended up knocking down one of our people in the you know, in the skit, okay? Mm-hmm. And so one of the brothers, okay, and nothing was happening as far as retaliation towards the mascot, okay? And so one of the brothers who was on the football team, okay, comes out of the stands, okay, and just clotheslines this mascot. <laughs> he just gets so upset, <laughs> loses it, comes out running out of the stands, clotheslines the mascot, okay? And it's not part of the skit, right? <laughs> and and so I gotta take him I gotta take him out of the gym, right? And and I take him out of the gym and I gotta suspend him uh because of what he did. <laughs> and even to to this day I I, I still laugh about it. Uh, it's one of the craziest things I ever saw. Just uh, hilariously crazy. I mean, he could have knocked this kid out. Um, At what point do they realize that it's not part of the skit? It's, it's when I'm taking him out. It's it's when I'm taking him out of the out of the gym. <laughs> oh, and I, I still, have, you know, you still got to laugh about it. <laughs> This player gets so upset it's a skit. I mean, for goodness sake, you don't realize it's a skit, you know? <laughs> That's pretty intense. That is pretty oh, intense. It's so funny. Oh. It's so funny. Anybody who was there, they still, I mean, that's going to be a memory for that kid and for anyone who was there, anyone who was there. <laughs> just, just, just losing it over a skit and then just cold cocking the other team's mascot. Hilarious. All right. So speaking of great stories, I've had Coach McQuaid, Coach Irvis, and Coach Flaherty on previous podcasts. So like I told you before, to me, you guys are the big four and will always be, to me, what St. Ed's represents, what they stand for, and, you know, great character, the four of you. I'll I'll take that to my grave. But (laughs) so all of you tell great coaching stories. But I need you to tell one. So what's the best memory or story you can tell about coaching with them? Oh, um, this is actually, this is, this, is, uh, this is before we got into um, concussion stuff. This is actually when I was a player. Um, 
I don't know if you've heard this story or not, but uh, I, 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 I seem to go back to it quite a bit. Um, I was a I was the backup tailback um, uh, when I was a junior. Okay, remember I was saying I wasn't the the starter when I was a junior. We had two good. So we're playing. We're we're at we're at a um, uh, in practice, and so we're going over goal line. All right, and we're playing Padua, and so I was their tailback. Okay, and they had a real good tailback this year by the name of, I think it was Dave Conacher, and um, and so they ran what was called a sprint draw near the goal line, which mm-hmm. didn't make very much sense, but it was a sprint draw, and you're back about seven yards. Well, we had our outside linebacker uh, at that point, or playing the outside linebacker on the goal line defense, was a guy by the name of Mark Reichert. And Mark was an all-state player. Um, at that point, he was a junior my age. Um, but he w- went on to Pitt and played uh, linebacker at Pitt. Uh, and that was the year that uh, he, he, he uh, when he graduated, Pitt had won the national championship um, that year. Anyway, so he um, he he's about five yards deep, and he gets a running start, okay, on this play. And I get the ball. I, I do, you know, open crossover step, and now I'm going towards the line of scrimmage, and I kind of turn and start going towards the line of scrimmage. Well, he gets this. You know, he's, I'm seven yards back. He's five yards head start. I get the ball. I take a step, and he just lights me up, just absolutely decleats me. I never saw it coming kind of a thing, and no one touched him. Okay, and like I said, he's got like a 10-yard start on me. So he, he decleats me, all right? And so I'm, I'm, I get up, and now I'm, I'm I'm walking around and I can't find the huddle. Okay, and Coach Coach Flaherty is my position coach, right? And so I'm I'm kind of walking around, you know, and I I can't figure out where I'm at. Uh, so Coach grabs me and then starts walking me towards the huddle and then goes, Tom, how many how many fingers do I have up? And I go like three. He goes, close enough. Get back in there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, now, he said that. Now he said that, but he did not let me have any contact at that point. Okay. Um, right. he, he just made me. He just he said for the next you know three plays or whatever, just stand there as a tailback and don't move. Don't move. Just stand there. <laughs> and they ran plays, and I just stood there as a tailback and didn't didn't do anything. Um, and it's, it's, you know, that this is all before concussion or whatever, or whatever, you know, you back then you got your bell rung and everybody went on, you know? Um, and I was fine. I mean, it, it, I don't remember having any kind of, you getting, you know, the headaches or the ill effects or anything like that. He, you know, he just hit me good and, and, and I just needed a, a moment to recover or whatever. I was, I was a little, you know, getting a little, uh, get your bell rung is the expression used to go. Um, okay. But it was, it was, it was, true, true stories, true stories. Um, oh, here's a, here's a beauty. Um, I just remember um, uh, being with Greg Urbis. This is a funny one. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Greg Urbis uh, is going down to scout, okay? He's going down to scout. And uh, and they, uh, they're trying to find this place in Pennsylvania. And uh, they lose, they can't find this, this place. Him and Coach Angelo can't find this place. And so they stop at a gas station, okay? Stop at a gas station, and they, um, the guy tells them, he goes, hey, can you find this place? How, can, how, how do we get here? And the gas station attendant says this. I said, it's too funny. He goes, you can't get there from here. <laughs> Oh my God! You can't get there from here. Like, oh my goodness, what is that? Makes no sense. So they, so him and Coach Angelo, um, they're late already. They're late to the game, so they decide not to scout the game. 
all right, they, they're late, they can't find the place, and they, they trust the guy, you can't get there from here. So they buy a bucket of chicken and they drive home, okay, from Pennsylvania. So the next day we have meetings, right? The next day we have meetings, and now they've got to tell us about the scouting report, right? And they didn't see the game. So now Greg's, Greg goes to some place in Lakewood and finds a paper from around the Pennsylvania area to get the score of the game. And so he starts reporting on a game he never saw, you know? <laughs> and we're trying to figure out, what, where are the cards? Where's this? Where's that? And he's reporting on a game he never saw. And then we finally figure out they didn't, fi- they didn't see the game. Uh, but true story, we're laughing or whatever. Oh, my goodness, you know. And you know Greg. You know, you know Greg. I mean, he's, he's as honest as the day is long, but he knows he screwed up, and he doesn't want to kind of admit that, he, that they screwed up or whatever. Oh, it was so funny. So funny. Oh, I love that. I love it. Brag about yourself and the service that oh. you've given St. Ed's and the St. Ed's community. Uh, you know something? Um, it's I don't look at it necessarily as as uh, service. Um, you know, uh, it, it's it's paying it forward. You know, uh, for me. Uh, right now, I'm involved on uh, every third or uh, uh, Thursday of the week. Uh, Saint Ed's. Well, first of all, Saint Ed's does what's a labra ministry for the homeless. Um, and because of the, uh, so we, we take vans out with students and we go visit homeless people in the area. Okay. So I'm, I've, uh, been a part of that ministry for a little bit. And so on every, uh, the third week of every month on a Thursday, um, I go out and, uh, visit the homeless in, in the area. And we have kind of a route we take and we're trying to aware of the different homeless experience and, and we're trying to meet other people who are homeless and, and, and see them. Um, but you know something it's, I get off doing that, uh, at the end of the day and, um, I'm a, I'm a better person for it. Um, and and that's the way I feel about everything I've done at St. Ed's. This is, this isn't, this is, um, you know, you will, the service makes it sound like I'm doing something special. The reality is, uh, everything that I'm experiencing has been a benefit to me. Um, that, that's kind of the way I feel. When I coach or whatever, um, what I get from the students that I coach um, is, is really making me, me feel younger, you know, a sense of being younger and feeling uh, like we're accomplishing something as a group. Um, uh, when I do FCA ministry, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm always, I'm, I'm the benefit of that. You know, th- those, those things are benefiting me as much as they are the students that, that, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be in service. Uh, uh, but you know, that, that's, that's kind of the way I feel that, that really gets, keeps me grounded more than anything else is that if, uh, all these different things, whether it be teaching, whether it be coaching, whether it be labor ministry, whether it be FCA, whatever those things are, um, I'm blessed by those things more than I think I'm ever giving um, uh, to the to the people that that I'm supposedly serving. Um, I'm I'm the one who's getting being served in so many so many ways, and that's that that's the honest to God God's truth. Um, that that is that has been true since day one. I, I get more benefit out of what I do than than I think the students that I teach sometimes. So. Okay. That, that would be my answer. Right. Okay. Well, <clears throat> Coach, you've had a tremendous impact on so many people. Um, not a day goes by, literally not a day goes by when I don't speak to a former teammate or somebody involved with St. Ed's, and a Coach Beck story will come up. <laughs> Between you and Coach Urbis and Coach Flirty, literally somebody always has a Coach Beck's, Coach Urbis. Coach Flaherty's story. So, and, and that's a tremendous, you know, representation of who you are and, and exactly what you just said. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for, you know, for, for spreading your faith, your discipline, your, your positivity. So, 
And this has been great for me on this podcast. So thank you. Well, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. It's been a it's been a joy to to just uh, reminisce here a little bit, and also to uh, uh, you know, it's so funny that you told those stories about when you were and and I had no memory, you know, of those those events or whatever. But it, you know that, that it, it's it's really uh, you know encouraged me today um, because you, you you don't realize. Those, those times where you may be having an impact, and, uh, and I appreciate this opportunity. Okay. Thank you, Ed, and thank you again for coming on, and thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story on the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. Coach, we'll talk soon. I appreciate okay. you. Oh, no problem, Chris. Go Eagles.